today's episode, I sit down with Rakesh Nagraj. Rakesh is a loving dad of two wonderful children, his daughter Nia and his son Theo. He's also the vice president and GM of Asia Pacific at Hacker Rank and of course a dear friend of mine. In this episode, Rakesh goes down the memory lane of growing up in a large joint family in Bangalore with many siblings and cousins and how it shaped his mindset about sharing and caring. He shares how he had to learn on the job as a dad for his firstborn daughter Nia and how it got easier when his son Dhir came along. How he split his duties with his wife organically. How it was for him to raise a girl and a boy. In this episode with Rakesh, we got to discuss this and many more things that were heartwarming to listen to as a fellow dad. So lean back, listen, and enjoy my wide-ranging conversation with Rakesh. So um, thanks for joining me this morning, Rakesh. Uh, good to talk to you about uh, a fellow dad about parenting. <laughs> my pleasure. <laughs> what a nice uh, way to start my Friday, at least, because uh, it's in the middle of a lot of hiring discussions and uh, time to fail and <laughs> and final metrics. <laughs> so it's a breath of fresh air to be able to talk about being a dad. Thanks, Vishisha. Thankfully, I've been able to get that break for you. <laughs> On a Friday, I can take some credit there. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I'm, I'm calling this uh, my conversation as a learning dad. As I mentioned, I realized that we don't get to talk about our journey as dads as much, right? Um, yep. For for a variety of reasons. Um, particularly, you know, we, you know, in my own perspective, right? Culturally, it's not been something that's been ingrained into our own psyche, right? Our dads, not. I don't think they ever talked about being dads. For them, it was... It just happened, right? Yeah. Why do you have to talk about parenting? Uh, moms did talk about parenting. Uh, I, I remember my mom talking to her friends about, you know, the, the daily travails and pain, mostly pain, but maybe sometimes a little bit of joy yeah. of being a mom. Uh, but I thought it's important for me uh, to be able to connect with someone like you and hear your story and journey. Yeah. So, Thank you, Subhishish. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I think... Dad, the dad portion of the parenting is something that never gets spoken about. So yeah, I'm glad we're doing this. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I want. I'm actually curious about uh, your own childhood, right? How was your childhood? How did you, you know, uh, where did you grow up? Let's start with that. Your home. Uh, describe to me about your childhood. Okay. So my childhood's been uh, very interesting, Subhashish. I think one of the few families, uh, you know. I grew up in a, not in a nuclear family. We grew up in a joint family. So I was one of the probably 20 people at home. So uh, you wow. know, <laughs> it, it, we were a very big family. So dad and his brother, uh, their right. kids and we kids, uh, we grew up together. So they were six kids. We were four. And then, uh, you know, the two parents on each side and grandparents. And then we had extended cousins and stuff like that. So my childhood was very interesting because I grew up in a large family. And I, those are very vivid memories that I have to, of my own, uh, you know, way I grew up. Uh, that meant uh, a lot to be shared uh, right from the beginning. Because well, was it in Bangalore, Rakesh? It was in Bangalore. So right. I've been born and raised in Bangalore. Uh, right. My family is also pretty much from here. We've been settled in Bangalore for about a century now. Wow. Originally, though, we hail from Andhra. But um, absolutely no idea about the roots there. My mom is from Warangal, which is in Telangana yep. So I do know a little bit of like Hyderabad because of her, but never traveled as much as a kid to any part of, of Hyderabad or Warangal during my younger days. I was right. pretty much rooted in Bangalore. 
So born and brought up as a Bangalore boy, went to school in Bangalore, uh, finished entire education in Bangalore technically. So did right. my siblings, except one year when uh, you know dad was on transfer. So from a family standpoint, dad used to work in uh, State Bank of India, so he had a transferable job. In fact, a highly transferable job because he was in the audit team of uh, State Bank of India. So which means you constantly are on the go. You'll have to keep auditing branches. Wow. So dad at some point realized it didn't make sense to keep the kids going on the go like that because sometimes branches would get audited in three months, sometimes one year if it was a really large branch. So we couldn't do that. So he kept us in Bangalore and he kept going around. So that's another distinct memory I have from my childhood where yeah. I haven't seen dad so much, but the days when he was there, like we had the best of him. Yeah. So what would you do? Like just uh, he'll take you out to, to play and... Maybe take yeah. you for a treat. Yeah, exactly that. So it used to be like a ritual, you know. Back in the day, uh, I'm talking of like sometime in the 80s and like not even early 90s. This is pure 80s. Uh, there used to be a place called Das Prakash. You know, this uh, it was there, you know, near the metro station after a while. But the original one was uh, next to the commissioner's office on Infantry Road. So we used to go to Carbon Park. And then on the way back, we used to stop by Das Prakash and we'd have like a schedule because they had a swing at Das Prakash. <laughs> I have very fond memories of, of playing in the swing there and then, you know, having a masal dosa there and then coming back home. That used oh to be God. Sunday evenings because Amazing. that used to be uh, free on Sundays. Yeah. So that used to be the ritual when dad would be in town. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I you, you talk about rituals. That's just fascinating. I think I saw in a movie, uh, the movie Up, Towards the end, you know, it says, you know, this old man who, you know, flies away, as you know, talks about uh, these memories. Like sometimes, you know, there's so like boring memories, right? But if they are repeated over time, rituals, they actually stick to you far more than some of the most spectacular things that you would have experienced, but probably once. Yep. And you, you seek, they provide you that sort of, you know, the memory and the 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 cushion to sort of think about childhood and that's what pops out, right? True. I mean, this what I just mentioned was one of those cushions or yeah. memories that I can fall back on to remember yeah. dad and the good times. Yeah. Uh, I have three siblings. So back then I did not have all the three. Uh, we were just two back then. So I remember my, my dad had a Java and uh, <laughs> mom would hold me and like my sister would sit in front. Wow. So like four of us on that bike going to Cabin Park and then coming back. It's just so ingrained in your memory, right? Like yeah. that's happy space when you're like feeling dejected. You want to go back to those memories and relive. Absolutely, those. yeah, 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 absolutely, um, yeah. And uh, you want to create them and and for your own children, right? It's sort of the the circle of life, as you say. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. that's cool. Um, now let's skip a generation. Tell me about your children. <laughs> yeah, just like the circle of life or the tree of life, as you said, yeah. there's a new branch that sprouted out to yeah. two twigs. <laughs> I have two kids, uh, a daughter and a son. Uh, my daughter, Nia, uh, she's 11. Uh, she was born in 2009. My son, Dheer, he's nine. He just turned nine to three weeks back on the 8th of Feb. So they've wow. been... Uh, it's been a real blessing in life. Uh, I don't know how 11 years have passed by with my daughter and nine with my son. Uh, time yep. just flew away. But uh, yeah, it's been a great ride with them over the last decade. And did you always want to have uh, more than one child, like two children? Yeah. yeah. And so that's we always wanted to have two kids and we wanted to have two kids in 
quick succession because we didn't want the age gap to be too much. We wanted them to grow up together. Yeah. It's, uh, it's funny when you look at my daughter and son now, the son looks older than the, the daughter. He's <laughs> <laughs> grown up so fast. Uh, he's yeah. grown much bigger than, than Nia. Yeah. But yeah, we always wanted to have two kids. That, that's cool. And what is, uh, tell me about your wife. So my wife, uh, her name is Sajita. Uh, we've known each other for about two decades. Uh, we dated for about six years before we got married. We got married in 2006. So right. we've been about 15 years of being married. Uh, she has been with Oracle. Uh, she's been with Oracle for like a really long time. Probably running her 16th or 17th year at Oracle right now. Got it. So she's... Uh, She's a busy mom too. Uh, she's she's probably in one of the most busiest functions you could possibly look at as well. I mean, I'm sure all are. But yeah, yeah. Sales operations function. Got uh, it. She goes around the clock, setting quotas, you know, figuring out things across the board, different teams. So she manages all of JPAC, and for a brief time, she also managed EMEA. Uh, so she's got a pretty her hands pretty full as well as a working mom. So yeah, that's, that's yeah, that's interesting, and we'll dig into that a, a little bit later, right? Um, the role of your dad when uh, the mom is not a stay-at-home mom, right? It's very different. And, the, the you know, it's a partnership, as we all know, right? True. And uh, the partnership just takes a different form um, when both of you are working and, and not one person is doing the heavy lifting of, of parenting. Correct. Yeah. But, yeah, there's a slight twist to that as well. So my wife's been lucky in that sense. So she's actually been working from home since 2004. Uh, not That's amazing. Six actually. So she's actually been uh, in a good spot there. Uh, right. she's, she's had very good kind of leaders that have, you know, uh, what do you say, trusted her enough to be working from home. Yeah. So I've had that luxury of her being at home. Uh, but then it's it's not really that easy as well because she's got her hands full too. Yeah. So though she doesn't have to have to commute to work. She does still have a lot of work, uh, but being at home definitely was a blessing. Yeah, I bet. I bet. Absolutely. That's amazing that back in those days, you know, she had supportive leaders who could uh, support her, this sort of life choice, if you will. Yep. Yeah. Probably that that explains her loyalty to the company as well. She, she's been around for close to two decades now. Yeah. So uh, tell me about, the, I'm sure, you know, for me, the most special moment, and I'm pretty sure a lot of dads will uh echo to this of my entire life is the birth of my first child right it is just surreal it's out of the world you can never experience anything like this nor would you experience after right so uh can you describe the moments to to me uh the moments of you becoming dad dad for the first time yeah yeah that (laughs) I, I, i cannot forget that day it's a very interesting story um you know, interesting for two different reasons. I'll tell you both. So uh, when Nia was being born, uh, you know, she, we knew that she, she wasn't going to be a normal delivery because the doctor had told us clearly she was in a anti-posterior position or something of that sort. She wasn't in position to be delivered as a normal delivery. So we knew we had to have a C-section. So the doctor was like, guys, go home, figure out a date whenever you want to come. You know, let me know and we'll get you into the hospital. So going to the hospital to get Nia delivered was pretty much like going for a picnic. You know, we packed, we, you know, <laughs> stuffed the dicky, you know, the, the food, we yeah. put fruits and everything. And we checked into the hospital, like, as if we were going to the resort. <laughs> <laughs> so it was kind of funny. Right. I, I very distinctly and vividly remember that, that checking into the hospital. And then, um, 
we we checked in on on monday at around like 12 o'clock in the afternoon and she was born yeah. at like 4:30 in the evening right so we, you know it was uh, it was obviously like you said a very surreal moment uh, you know you're obviously going from 2 to 3 now as a family yeah. and then uh, she came out and uh, you know it this again very stereotypical they gave her in a pink towel because she yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah and uh, you know it uh, that that whole feeling of like just looking at another you know form of life in your hand and you know believing uh, it's it's hard to believe that there's another part of you in your hand and it's a living breathing thing which is like you know something that you need to take care of now that was very interesting but um, the i told you it was interesting for two parts so one part i explained about how we went to the hospital right. the second part is very interesting because it had to do with me and i had a i had a a, a slight you know if you may call as as like a body kind of dysfunction you know i i used to have something called as hyperhidrosis back then so where you oh, okay. sweat very profusely on your palms i mean you would have seen a couple of people on earth suffer from this problem is one of the disadvantages one on that and totally. you know when you carry kids you you need to hold them by the neck right correct so yeah. nia wouldn't stay like you know she would like feel very uncomfortable because obviously my my palms are sweating And that, and I, I actually was very irritated with myself. I was like, "Damn, my my kids not staying with me because you know my palms are sweaty." And and uh, it, it's interesting because like she was born December two thousand nine, and uh, I said I can't tolerate this. Like the kid itself is like I'm not able to carry the kid. I went January two thousand ten. I got myself into a surgery, and I said, "This is it. I need to get this wow. done." Wow, that's incredible. <laughs> So she got in like a a huge change in me itself you know I was trying to fix this for about three decades of my life <laughs> and at one moment you know changes it so drastically because you realize you just can't carry your own kid what's the use you know and it's that right. three weeks from there I I went into Fortis got that surgery done and I was cured and then after that you could hold her without any worries <laughs> absolutely that's amazing the stuff that kids make you do right yeah and and that's- if you remember like the when they're born and of course we're not used to carrying at least i was not used to carrying yeah so small babies they feel so fragile right yeah you just want like you're so scared that you might end up doing something to them right yeah so uh, i'm going to rewind here a bit uh, sushi this is where the growing up in the in the joint family, family right? <laughs> so you have like and like babies all over the place you know so it's uh, it, it, i think that's where it helped So you had done, you had had some test driving experience of holding babies. <laughs> True, <laughs> that's good. That's good. Yeah, because my cousins were like pretty older to me. They were at least like fifteen yeah. years older to me. So they all had their kids much before I had my kid. Right. So I've had the experience of carrying their babies. Yeah. So, yeah. In a sense, test drive was was definitely something that helped. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, in in, in me between me and my wife, I was more exposed to children actually, and. Um, I was a lot more comfortable with uh, kids. My wife had had no experience uh, with children, and she was just freaking out actually after after we had uh, Neve, our son. So yeah, it's a, a lot of childhood experience and growing up experience helps shape your own approach, right? Yeah, I can totally resonate with probably what your wife went through because that's what happened with my wife and her mother. Because interestingly, on my on my wife's side, after her. my my daughter was the next kid at their place so wow. even my mother in law had not carried the baby for like three days she was like even she was struggling <laughs> that's funny so you were probably more confident than your mother in law <laughs> yeah, before the case <laughs> that's awesome yeah. that's awesome 
So, uh, well, thanks for sharing. That's really, uh, I always love listening to that first um, moments of being a dad from all the dads. Yeah. So, how, you know, if you can share uh, your, again, I know I'm jogging your memory uh, almost a decade back, which is, you know, probably feels like it flashed by. What, um, how did uh, your lifestyle change with a baby at home? What are some of the things that you uh, did yourself? Did you kind of, you know, ease into it? Or did you, you know, talk to other people? How did you kind of start wearing the hat of a dad, particularly during the newborn toddler phase? Yeah. So it, this is, again, uh, an interesting question, Surushish, because with Nia, it was slightly more different. With with Deer, it was more of a cakewalk, if I might say. So. Right. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. you just knew the do's and don'ts and everything there. Exactly. I, with Nia, it was uh, it was more uh, it was more learning. Uh, was more self learning actually. Uh, I didn't really talk to too many people yep. and try to get too many points of view. Um, I relied heavily on instincts. Uh, spoke to like we had a good support system in the sense like my parents. We stayed with our parents. Uh, my parents would be on the first floor and we would be on the ground floor, so we always had parents that we could rely on. And my in-laws didn't stay too far from where we stayed. So we had a good support system in terms of family. Uh, so that helped a lot. Yeah. But in just terms of changing gears for myself, uh, I think it's interesting because um, there's not much you can really do in that zero to one year phase as a dad, right? Uh, as much as you can do, you can lend your hand and support. Like, Correct. you know, you can push the pram, you can, you know, drive them to the hospital, get the vaccinations done. You can, you know, pet the baby i mean you know pet them to sleep and things yep. like that all of that part i think i slid into it to be honest uh it wasn't really a big transformation that i had to go through and also like i said it had to do with the fact that i had quite some exposure to like babies in the family right that came in slight of you know more organically or naturally if you may say so yeah. so i just knew like probably carrying them tapping them burping them after they feed like all that things wow those are things I could possibly do uh, back yeah. in the day as well. Uh, I think where it started getting a little more like uh, scary was when you don't know what you don't know. You know, right. why is the baby crying? I don't know. Like, <laughs> the wife doesn't know, even you don't know. They're right. like, should we go to the doctor? And then you get like expert advice from mom saying like, listen, I think it's just a bad tummy. Like, let's just do this. And then right. you just calm down yourself. So I think in that zero to one year phase, uh, birth to like one year, I think, it was a lot of learning, uh, self-learning plus like parental learning, all of that good stuff. Yeah, so I'm glad you you uh, you know had these routines. I, I loved hearing uh, you telling uh, about you know holding them, feeding them, burping them. Yeah, uh, all those you know. Um, I'm glad that you. I'm glad to hear that you you did all of those uh, routines because I think that for me. Those were the moments uh, where the foundations of our my bonding between me and my son, yeah. right? Uh, even though they don't speak, they're just tiny. Yeah. But that connection that you build, yeah. right, in these rituals or the not rituals actually the routines or the chores rather, yeah, um, was just incredible for me to find that comfort uh, yeah, with my true. son. True. In fact, you know, this this whole concept of like, I do hear a lot of people when they're new parents, you know, friends wishing, saying like happy diaper changing and things like that, you know, happy late nights. Yeah. It just feels like, it feels more like, hey, you're wishing them like as if there is some big burden ahead of them. Like, no, right. you'll have to go through that. That's just natural. 
and you have to if you have to learn to change diapers you have to learn to change diapers because that's a part of your uh, choice that you made <laughs> you know yeah and yeah. uh, staying yeah. up in the night or uh, you know putting the kid to sleep i mean these are all i think part of it that comes along with the package you cannot exclude that <laughs> yeah it's it's funny you say that because uh, and I, i'm so glad that you went through that i'll tell you uh, i know the generations are changing now true um and i i see a lot of dads doing this but i, I can also tell you that this is, and i'm pretty sure you have examples a lot of dads not having done this true. right yep. and uh, i mean not not a judgment or anybody it's yep. just cultural right yep. but i think for me it was going through the uh these you know so called painful or yep. not so you know pleasure uh, sort yeah. of uh, you know Actually, happy moments Yeah. Actually, are the ones that you remember a lot, uh, as much as you remember running around with them in the park and uh, and in those uh, good times. Yeah. It all comes together as one whole experience, right? Absolutely. And you wouldn't want to do uh, do without it. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. You you nailed it. Yeah. These yeah. are all the the tiny memories that add up to one big experience. Yeah. Now, did you? Uh, was your wife like? Did she? is this just happened organically like your role that you were playing or like she had to kind of tell you hey you need to do this uh you're not doing the your share how how did it work out <laughs> no i think it's uh, like knowing each other for a long time really helps yeah. in that sense uh, no we never told each other that you need to do this you need to do that i think it all just fell in place yeah uh, i would say we just in hindsight we just got lucky that uh, that understanding was there and uh, you know nobody really had to tell that you had to do this though i'm not saying everything was hunky dory we just have like you know hey you, you you're you're sleeping the baby's crying like yeah i am tired <laughs> like you know those moments have been there no doubt i mean i'd be lying if i said it was all hunky dory yeah. but those are little things that will always be there but overall you need to do this versus you need to do that there was no written rule or like there was no schedule saying like mondays and wednesdays you'll do this fridays i'll do that no i think it was it was just all just very organic yeah yeah absolutely well i'm glad you, you yeah you you're absolutely lucky and uh, you know me and my wife had uh, had that partnership i'll tell you i had to go through a few calibration moments myself yeah um and i re- i realized that while you know i didn't think that was my part of the job uh because i i grew up in a i grew up in a joint family with yeah. grandparents and uh parents all living together i didn't have my dad was only son so i didn't have uncles but right. it was still three generations and my dad was not very involved right he was away basically uh my whole parenting was done by my mom right and dad was kind of the provider so a lot of that kind of still i mean i it, the way it shaped my parenting journey was that i did want to get involved for sure right that was a conscious call that i took for myself that i did not want my son to have a have a kind of an absent father yeah. right but that said you you still shaped by your childhood and how you've seen your dad right and how he seen these two genders uh play a role so i had i i will tell you like i had a few moments and uh i'm like oh okay i i need to do that and uh, <laughs> you know i just i didn't think that i needed to do that like for example rem- remembering exact dosage of medic- medicines right yeah. yeah and not having to ask and not having to just having to do it yourself 
I didn't think that I, you know, I needed to do that uh, yeah. and stuff like that. Um, and particularly when my daughter was born, and I have a nine-year-old and a six-year-old, nine-year-old son and six-year-old daughter. Um, you know, it's interesting when you're raising a boy and a girl, and we'll talk about that in a moment. Uh, to some, uh, you know, in some cases, even dealing with, even if there are little girls, you have a very awkward feeling about, you know, handling girls, right? Yeah. As opposed to handling boys. Yeah. And of course, it doesn't matter, right? Uh, whether it's a boy or a girl. But you still are carrying those sort of, you know, things in your consciousness that play a role. And my wife, of course, it didn't matter to her as a boy or a girl. And I th like, for example, she'll say, you know, you change the change her yeah. and put her clothes on yeah. and, you know, put this uh, lip lipstick on, whatever, you know. And I'm like, oh, I didn't realize that I, you know, I thought you might be doing it. And yeah. I'm like, yeah, it makes sense that I, I should not be differentiating in all these things. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I totally resonate with that. Uh, it's, uh, you know, in that sense, for me, uh, my I had a girl first. Right. And, uh, it was also a little crazy when Nia was born because Sajita had a lot of travel early in the day. Um, you know, she would, uh, her regional headquarters was in Singapore. Though it was not very far away from home, but she would still be away. And I would have like Nia with me in her, you know, between her one to like five years, like between Nia's one to five years. Uh, so we like, the point is like coming back to what you were saying, for yeah. me, it was having her and I had to do like everything for her. Like That's your default, yeah. Yeah, I had to like bathe her, dress her, you know, yeah. tie up her plaits. Yeah. Uh, send her to school like she went to like Europeans which is close by home but yeah. still you had to like get her dressed and like you know she didn't have long hair but I still had to like do the the two ponytails and all that so That's I learned cool. all of that like when you spoke about the lipstick yeah. stuff, like uh, like I learned how to you know tie her hair yeah. like how to do all of that stuff like all by myself so yeah. there are certain things I think like you said culturally you're not used to it you're you know, it's not ingrained or imbibed in you that you know you should do this but then you'll have to like take that on and do it like there's no choice and right. some things you just learn on the way yeah that's that's fascinating yeah you know having the daughter first uh set you up on a journey uh which is definitely different from having a boy first right like that was default for you yep absolutely. You just learn. yeah that's incredible um so how you know, this whole idea of, of course, last year, you know, COVID has pretty much brought this whole thing, uh, put a big spotlight on the roles of parents and the share of parenting at home, right? Um, I mean, you've had a journey which is fairly equal, I would say, right, uh, between you and your wife. What would you say to parents, particularly dads, um, who have found this new responsibility hmm. uh, for those dads who didn't have to play a big role. Right. And if they were wondering and they're struggling with kind of having to do a lot of stuff at home, like what was what would be some of the um, you know tips that you would have for those dads who are struggling to balance both these hats, if you will. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I think we should this has not been easy for like any of us, including uh, myself to the early the early settling in did take some time. I would say like about two to four weeks it took to kind of get used to like what the routine should be, 
you know, how do you spend time with the kids versus family versus like work? And I think uh, regardless of like what job you do, whether domestic or MNC, you know, because I say this because I'm sure you will resonate with this as well, Subhashish, like the getting into the later part of the year, like the daylight savings never helped either. Uh, you yeah. Know, long, days became longer for us. Yep. So regardless of whether, you know, what time zone you work, I think my only advice to me, to a lot of people would be like try to get a balance as much as it may sound very cliche this this whole term of like work-life balance what yeah. i mean by this is you know the balance between like where you want to spend time and how much time you want to spend um and as much as you know even if you get like 30 minutes one hour look at that as like time where you want to disconnect completely uh, and i've done this like with the kids where we would spend like, let's say one hour in the evenings, like playing, let's say badminton or like, you know, because you obviously can't go out anywhere. So within home or compound, whatever you can do, yeah. Uh, even post COVID, like, you know, if you've got into that routine, spend like as much time as you can. And then I would say like the weekends is where you probably have to make the best use of it. Yeah. I think you should probably disconnect from work like completely and uh, indulge with the kids, uh, not just spend time. And I say indulge because get them to do what you're doing with you. You know, for, in my case, what we did was we started, like I started like putting the kids into like, you know, making them a, a sous chefs with me, like, you know, getting them to obviously in a more responsible way, getting them to knead the batter in case we're baking or like, you know, just doing some small cuts with like the meat and the vegetables, you know, just get them to be part of it. So they feel happy that, you know, they're also doing stuff along with you. Yeah. I think uh, that makes them feel happier than just like being around or like just playing because then it just feels like one part of the responsibility so try and find things where you can get them to be equally involved in what you are doing versus not just like what they are doing or you are doing i think that has helped greatly in terms of like my own bonding with the kids in this whole pandemic because now my son i know has a slightly more tilt towards like baking and cooking versus my daughter that's and amazing. she's taken more to like sports and like the entertainment and dance and things like that. So in a way, for me, it also, I figured out like where their passion lies. So, you know, they can, at some point, if I have to let them pursue things, I know what they can do, you know, because just because of being involved with me, yeah. I could clearly see where those passions were for them. That's fascinating. Yeah, I love, the, you know, your point on, um, doing things together with them actually is resonated a lot with me because you know you know theoretically you can you spent the whole time with them that doesn't mean that you know uh it was quality time right you can all hang out at home everyone looking at their own screens yeah. does not qualify as quality time right yeah so um so how do you how do you guys um, handle those whole screen time and device time like did you have some rules like of course when you're baking in the kitchen that's a great way to disconnect from devices right you, you can't do both at the same time you can but it's really hard so um but did you guys have any rules that these are no screen times and stuff like that yeah so i think the screen time is something that we're definitely dealing with as a problem i'm not going to deny that but yeah, yeah. what we do as a family uh so is from a screen time perspective we something called as movie nights um so we yeah. do Friday and Saturday is movie nights. So it's basically one screen for all. So nobody gets to watch anything else. Uh, otherwise, uh, you know, from a standpoint of classes, uh, we have dedicated time for that because that's the schedule of the school. 
I think screen time, though, we've tried to kind of do different, you know, what do you say, permutation combinations where, you know, we've tried to deactivate a few apps where people can watch a lot of stuff. Like, let's say you reduced the, you, you logged out of YouTube of the ad screens. Yeah. You logged out of Netflix. Prime. Yeah, we, we did that too with our kids. Yeah. But then, uh, you know, kids have a way of like getting things around. So yeah. then we realized that they started using my, my mother's phone for this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're, all, they're always a couple of steps ahead of you. Yeah, you know, so, uh, yeah, screen time has been hard. Uh, it's, you're trying to find some sort of balance there. But the point is, we do definitely keep a track of things, uh, you know, in terms of like time watched, what watched, etc. Uh, so we kind of get them to understand like, you know, what's cool, what's not cool in terms of like spending so much time in front of like the screen. They get it. Uh, but then at some point, uh, you know, where we've also been stuck with like the screen ourselves. It just yeah. feels odd to tell them not to be in front of the screen. So we try to get a balance there, but uh, no rules per se. Superstitious. Sure. I think it's purely trust there. And I yeah. trust in terms of what they do. Yeah. I mean, there's no, there's no magic bullet here. It all sort of has to work out and uh, it's a constant dance of adjusting and readjusting, balancing between empowerment and, and boundaries, right? Yeah, because the more you try to put like tighten the screws, right? The more they try to find ways around it. And right. I don't want them to get. We've crazy. all been there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You might as well do it with me, or for you know, let me know what you did rather than trying to face around, <laughs> trying to find ways around it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. So, um, thanks for sharing the journey. I mean, it's fascinating talking to. I mean, we can talk about this for for a whole day. You know, there's so much to talk about, right? Um. I have a couple more questions before we kind of wind this down. One is, um, you know, we talk, talked about gender, right? A little bit uh, of raising boys and girls. Uh, and it's nice to, you know, hear your stories about your, your son, you know, finding interest in cooking and baking, your, your daughter taking to sports. These are, you know, it's not unusual, but it's still sort of stereotype breaking, right? Right. Uh, um, in, 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 even in, the, in today's age, um, we still have to deal with a lot of pinks for girls and blue for boys, etc. Yeah. So what's been your uh, approach? Um, even if it's unconscious, how, how have you uh, dealt with this idea of raising a boy and a girl? I don't think we've ever looked at it that way uh, in terms of like raising boys versus raising a girl. We've given them equal amount of empowerment to choose what they want. Um, early on, obviously, we had to make decisions for them, you know, in terms of where where they get to go. And <clears throat> what I mean by that is like we put both both of them to dance together. Yeah. We put both of them to swimming together. We put like both of them to badminton together. So we try to figure out like, you know, where their interests lie. And clearly, like there were some intersections in the in the Venn diagram, like sure. between dance. I think both went together. They they both started enjoying it together, and then they disintegrated when it came to like let's say things like cooking or like you know let's say um, you know swimming and things like that. Deer didn't take to swimming that well. Nia sure. like completely aced it. That's Nia great. would never be interested to do anything with the kitchen. <laughs> like she would be like, Dad, just leave me out of this. You know, the guy just knows every spice in the in the cabinet. He knows every everything in the fridge. He That's knows amazing. what was next. So I think we never raised them as like, you know, you need to do this, you need to do this. We gave them equal opportunities on everything that they had for themselves. 
Yeah. And then after that, we started clearly figuring out like who's interested in what, and then we started pursuing that in that fashion. Even uh, even when it came to simple things like you know the the clothing or like the accessories or whatever they needed. Yeah. We never said like you need to wear pink, you need to wear blue, you need to wear a hairband, you need to do this and things like that. Yeah. I think we left them uh you know in a sense we at some point we tried to influence it when they were kids uh but I think they're fairly independent even in that sense in terms of like what they like to choose for themselves. Uh and we left it at that. We said uh, we respect that decision and uh, and they they big enough now to make those calls. So I think they're in a good shape now. That's great. It's great to hear that because, um, again, uh, we are in that time, particularly in India, right? And around the world, I must say, there's a reckoning going on in terms of, um, you know, how gender equality uh, is evolving. And there's a lot of transformation going on, a lot of uh, myth busting going on at a societal level, at you know, organizational level. Yeah. And I see, th- I see that playing out all day long at home, right? Yeah. <laughs> No, that that's true, uh, Subhashish. In fact, what that has also brought about now is the the age and phase at which my kids are. Right. Yeah. The the want to discover things has become higher now. Like yeah. you know, the I want to know what this is. Like you know, like for example, they want to know what an X or Y thing means. You know, like what does like if they see something on TV or if they see something on screen. It's kind of interesting because at this point now you're at that that phase where you're like, do I tell them the full truth? Do I explain it in a way that they get it? Yeah. Or should I just be blatant about this? You know, right. like how do you kind of explain? For example, like you know, with due respects, with the whole LGBTQ community, with due respects, you know, when in shows when you hear something like a gay or a lesbian, yeah. Like my son asked me, he said, "Dad, what do you mean by gay?" Yeah. Right. And at a nine-year-old. Yeah. You're not too sure if, you know, you trust them as kids, but yeah. you know also that the mental state of mind is still a little brittle. Do you sure. want them to know the whole thing? Do you want them to know a part of it? I think that's the conundrum, like, as, as parents now that we have, like, yes. that, like, the reckoning in the world that's going on. This is where I think now the, the next phase of challenge, at least as far as I am concerned as a dad, <laughs> as a mom is coming in. Yeah. And also the fact that now they're, you know, it's it's very clear as Nia's growing up and, you know, she's going to be a big girl soon. Uh, she's already 11. You know, the, the more feminine side of her is coming out, you know, in yep. terms of like being more conscious about things and things like that. Versus Deer, though he's growing up, he's going to be like, he's already nine. He's still the carefree boy. You know, he's like, I think boys still have a little bit more time to get to That's that right. state of like uh, maturity. I think it's, it's getting interesting now. Uh, yep. And I have to say like, Phase two or level two of the difficulties is just setting in. I bet, yeah. Each phase of uh, their growing up presents itself uh, new opportunities and challenges. True. Uh, yeah. Yeah, the other day we had our wedding anniversary, right? Um, and, you know, we typically do either go somewhere, without, we do things without kids. Right. Uh, it's another good excuse to go yeah. away and, you know, remind yourself that you, you're still a couple first, right? <laughs> Otherwise, yeah. our lives are hijacked. Yeah. So um, we're telling our kids, hey, you know, tomorrow we're going to go. We just t- try to give them some notice and not keep it a surprise. Yeah. Because if you leave it to the last moment, all hell breaks loose. <laughs> yeah. So we're giving them this notice. And uh, my son, he's like you said, right? Kid, boys are a little 
clueless about some of this stuff, right? Yeah. So we're like, oh, why are you going? Don't go. And, you know, the usual reaction. Yeah. And my daughter, who's six, and my son is nine, right? Neve is nine. And Nila is six. Yeah. She's like, oh, dad, mom, yeah, yeah, go have a nice romantic dinner. <laughs> hey, where did that come from? Yeah. She's yeah. a six-year-old. <laughs> True. Understand, like I said, the maturity levels are very different. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, it, it's not surprising, though. Yeah, of course, she's watching stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm on, I'm asked myself, what are you watching <laughs> that you came up with this question or this statement? Yeah, yeah. But anyways, um, yep, I hear you. Uh, yeah, this will be an, another new interesting phase uh, of your parenting journey. Yeah, this is like the Jumanji, right? Like, you know, next, you reach the next level now. Yeah. <laughs> Enter the next stage yeah, of the game. Exactly. <laughs> True. <laughs> things are going to change. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, um, my last question is, uh, I don't know, you know, uh, it, we all, you know, we're all cast differently. We think differently. When you think about the future uh, and, you know, when your kid's grown up, like, do you have any goals? Do you have any vision of how you want to see them? Any dad goals? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know about the dad goals. I hear a lot of dad jokes, though. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's better to stick to that jokes than I, I do goals. get those looks. I do get those looks sometimes from the kids saying like, "Duh, dad, <laughs> that's a dad joke." I'm like, "Okay." Yeah, like, that's oh. so 2010. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I, I definitely heard that. That goals is a re- refreshing to hear that hashtag. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I haven't thought so far, Subhashish. But as as far as the future is concerned, I think primarily right now I'm only looking at like how do I secure them from like you know, regardless of what they want to do or what they want to pursue. Yeah. They have like the emotional and the financial might to to deal yeah. with that. Like that's that's preparing pretty much what me and, you know, the wife are preparing for from a future standpoint. Yeah. Uh, like I said, like they have very different passions right now. And I think it needs to solidify a bit more before they could actually decide what they want to do ahead. Yeah. I haven't really thought of like, you know, this is what Nia needs to be or this is what Dave needs to be. I'm going to be super flexible with like getting them to do what they want in life. Uh, my only job is to see that they don't go astray. Like, yeah. I, I think that's where my, my roles and responsibilities are primarily lying right now. Yeah. To ensure that they're on the right track simply because I know after about maybe another couple of years, uh, their exposure will increase to people. Uh, yeah. And that's where a lot can change. And uh, I'm only preparing for that part, you know, that they stay within the boundaries of like the values and yeah, bringing and things like that. Like, because at that point, you can't control much. Uh, Everything that will control them will be what they've gone through in the last 10, 10, 12 years. Yeah. Yeah. That's what my dad goals are focused on right now. That's great. Well, um, yeah, I hear you. Uh, it's something that we we know we know it's things are going to go out of our control, you know, increasingly. No, later, yeah, yeah, they're a bit than later, actually. absolutely, yeah. So what you can do is just leave them with a few values and then sort of role model them, right? So that that's yeah. what they uh, they hold on to. True. Yeah. Well, thanks, Rakesh. As I said, we can talk about this for all day long. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Maybe over a couple of beers would be even better. Even better, uh, and we should do that next time. Absolutely, but it was uh, it was great talking to you about your journey, and thanks for sharing your story. Uh, it's amazing.
my pleasure to see you try i didn't even know how an hour went by i think this yeah. was a great fun conversation it's uh, really nice to see another fellow involved dad uh, like you said rightly there are a lot less people you know who are very involved dads uh, yeah. and i just hope the tribe in- increases uh, yeah absolutely and uh, yeah thanks subhashish this was great fun thanks so much rakesh uh, have a good weekend with kids uh, i would love to know what you guys cook and what <laughs> you guys do this weekend and hopefully we'll do this again soon oh yeah i have a big folder of uh, pictures of cooking itself <laughs> <laughs> yeah i see your tweets and i uh, they, they they do look great and uh, <laughs> I hope you enjoy the rest of your uh, sabbatical. Uh, you inspired me today. Thank you, Subhashish. Thank you so much. You have a good weekend ahead too. Thanks so much. We'll so see I you can... soon again. Bye. Bye. So here are my learnings from this episode with Rakesh. How we should actively and intentionally build routines with children that engages kids and parents directly in order to create memories and create learnings. How dad should intentionally carve out time to engage with children, even if it's for an hour every day. and completely switch off from their work during that time in order to create harmony with work and life and lastly how we should raise boys and girls with equal empowerment and equal opportunities just focus on being enablers of them to follow their passion i hope you enjoyed this discussion i'll see you on the next episode